Hey everyone, my name is Hannah Vashek and this is Shit You Should Probably Know, the podcast where we actually talk about the shit you're too embarrassed to admit you don't actually know. So today we're talking to Jason White and we're going to be talking about the do's and don'ts when flying. Jason is a flight attendant and he has all the tea on flying. Jason, thanks so much for joining us. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. So this topic actually came to fruition because I posted a few things. I was on a flight and I posted a few things on my Instagram. And I guess in the background, I was drinking a coffee and someone responded who also was previously a flight attendant being like, whoa, 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 girl, do not drink the coffee. And sent me this article on, you know, the water system in an airplane. And so I now am too scared to drink the coffee, but why? Like, why can't we? Well, for one thing, the tanks aren't cleaned on a regular basis. I don't know how it goes past EPA regulations. Somehow it does, but it still doesn't mean that it's acceptable for the consumer. Do I drink the coffee myself? Only in an emergency situation. That is, literally, I was reading too, one out of eight planes do not pass the EPA standard for water safety. Yep. That makes me want to cringe. And I'm a tea drinker, so I always get the hot water with the tea. So that's going to be, so what do you suggest? Just bringing on your liquid when flying? I would definitely recommend if you're going to have tea, if you're going to have coffee, Airports always have multiple, multiple options available. That's what I would definitely recommend doing. Okay, okay. So let's talk about other items people bring on to planes. So alcohol, e-cigs, what have you seen that's just like nonsense there? Can you even bring an e-cig on there? You're allowed to bring it on, but you are not allowed to charge it, and you're definitely not allowed to smoke it. Now, we're... A lot of people get confused when it comes to alcohol because you are allowed to bring it physically on board. A lot of people bring those minis on board. You know, TSA has no problem with it. However, it is against federal regulations to consume your own alcohol that's brought on board. And, you know, especially I'm surprised at the audacity of people when I ask them about it, they'll, um, I say, you know, did you get that from a flight attendant? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Well, we actually don't serve that on board. So lying's a sin, sir. You know, nice. <laughs> it happens, you know, it happens. But, you know, it's it's just like, uh, you know, it could be like a police officer situation. You get pulled over for speeding. Sometimes you get a warning. Sometimes you get a ticket. Depending on the situation, it could, you know, you could get off with a warning or in some circumstance, it could actually lead to arrest. Have you ever seen someone get arrested on a flight? Unfortunately, I did have somebody arrested on a flight. It was just not a good situation. Um, you know, I think he had a little bit too much to drink in the airport and he brought his own alcohol on board. So I confiscated it from him and he told me something I could do to myself that I didn't appreciate, and he actually had more. So I tried to, you know, go ahead and expedite the paperwork. I let him know that he broke the law, and he said some unkind things, refused to give me his ID. 
So actually an FBI agent handed it to me after we uh, we got to the airport and he was detained. And unfortunately, he was prohibited from entering the United States. It was an international flight. That is insane. I was reading there were 5,700 reports of air rage on U.S. airlines in 2021, right? So now it's 2023. Do we think it's getting better? Or do you, because I know during COVID, the air rage was crazy. Like people were losing their shit. Do you think it's getting better or do you think it's still just as bad? I think it definitely is getting better, especially since the mask mandate was lifted. That was another burden that, you know, was a call on flight attendants. I mean, we had so much extra, you know, quote unquote, policing to do. But thankfully, that that headache is gone. But I think, you know, you still have air rage incidents. Something that the government is actually helping us on is harsher uh, punishments for people who have We'll call them little incidents. Some of it is alcohol related. Others, you know, it can be various things. You know, our first job is to try and diffuse the situation. And, you know, I'm fairly, fairly good at that. Unfortunately, nobody's perfect. And sometimes it does need to be taken to the next level. Right. I mean, I I was also another stat I read was the Department of Transportation saw airlines passengers complaint rise 55 percent in 2022. And I'm just thinking, like, look, I get it. Like, I get people are frustrated. They want to get to their destination. But I have seen other passengers, just as a passenger myself, be so rude to flight attendants. And I'm like, guys, come on. Like, or other passengers. Oh, absolutely. They're, I mean, not only are they, you know, rude to other passengers, and sometimes it's, you know, something that, you know, another person can't help. Crying babies, for instance. All babies cry at some point. You know, my job, I'll try to comfort, you know, the parents because I know they're embarrassed. They don't want to experience that. You know, I'll try to, you know, play with the child, distract them. I, you know, I consider it fun. You know, it's an opportunity. If it doesn't work, then it's just something that, you know, we're going to have to deal with. Trust me, I have flown with my son many a times and... You know, it's like we were all babies once. Like, I get it. You don't want to hear this baby have a moment. But And Leo, by the way, is a really good flyer. I will say one time to, like, help to help make sure a breakdown wasn't about to happen, I put on his iPad, and the flight attendant didn't come over and was like, the volume wasn't even that loud. And she got, like, I got a little in trouble. And I thought, well, it's either him crying or the volume be, you know, and then I asked everybody around me if they were okay to hear a little Mickey Mouse clubhouse. And I thought that was a little strange, but that was one of the rules on the plane and was what it was. But I think flying with a child, um, you know, it's difficult and we're all just doing the best we can. I think sometimes people actually forget basic human kindness. It's almost When some people step on an aircraft, their standards and their IQ just drop a little bit. You know, I think people forget that flight attendants are human beings. You know, we're there primarily for safety and security. You know, serving drinks is the easiest part of it all. But, you know, we're humans. We're not, you know, personal butlers or anything like that. Right, right. I actually just flew internationally. This was insane. And 
there was a bride on the flight and she was trying to put, I guess she had seven dresses and one was like this large Cinderella wedding dress. And I guess they had told her we do have closets on the flight, but she hadn't confirmed the size. So they were only able to fit in the overhead. It was like the poor flight attendants having to, she, this bride was crying. We were all trying to console her, but also it was like, yo, you're holding up the entire flight. It was insane. So the things you must have seen on flights is probably crazy. Like what's, I don't know, what's some of the craziest stuff you've ever seen? I just need to know. Uh, if you want me to be perfectly honest, I'll tell you, but it is a little strange. You can tell it. This is an open atmosphere. Several several years ago, I was working a flight from Phoenix to Detroit, and this girl, God bless her heart, that had just started, she, she comes up to the front, and she's all nervous, and she's like, you guys, there's a lady in the back, and she's breastfeeding. And I said, well, so what? That, that They tell us that in training. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It was a dog. She was breastfeeding a dog? This woman was legit breastfeeding a dog. And I thought, I thought the girl was just messing with me. So I'm like, you're screwing with me. So I go to the back and I'm like, oh, good Lord of mercy. Oh, so my gosh. And one of my colleagues happened to have been flying longer than I've been alive. And I'm like, you, you go deal with that. I, I can't. This is just way too much for me. So she went to the woman, you know, was like, hey, uh-uh, that, that's not going to happen. And, you know, we were midair at this time. Uh, you know, we let the captain know it wasn't a situation where we were going to have to divert because, I mean, that cost thousands and thousands of dollars to do that. A lot of inconvenience. Um, so she just handled it. She, no more issues with the dog. So speaking of dogs and pets, what happens if someone, because I've seen pets come on the flight all the time, which is great, but do you have to inform the flight? And also what if someone's allergic? Like I'm allergic to cats. I wouldn't be want to be sat next to someone who has a cat. Yeah, every now and then we run into a situation like that. 99% of the time we'll be able to, you know, to work around it. Depending on what type of animal it is, you have two different types. You have a cabin pet um, that has to remain in a carrier at all times. And then you have legit trained service animals. Service animals do not have to remain in a carrier. Generally, they're placed at the bulkhead row, which is like the first row in each cabin. If we came into a situation where the person sitting next to them was, you know, that allergic, we would just we would just reseat them. I think maybe once or twice we've run into an issue where they haven't and we'll either give them a mask or, you know, a little melatonin or something you know, make the flight a little bit more easier for them. Right. Okay. So let's rank flight etiquette. What is the number one thing you see people do that is just awful? Like you're like that, like putting feet on their partner's seats or in front of them. What's the worst thing you can do? Oh yeah. Just like, just arguing, you know, things like I have to settle disputes. Can you tell him to put a seat up? No, you tell him to put his seat up, you know, just... The, the outright inconsideration is probably something that grinds my gears. I mean, you know, you'll have to take those socks and shoes off and put it on, you know, people's armrests, um, you know, start demanding things, you know, right off the bat. I mean, if you if, if you come on the board, at least, you know, say, hi, hello, how's it going? And then if you 
need something, we'll help you. But you know, we're not we're not servants. We're we're safety professionals. Um, you know, w- when it comes to the call light, I understand. You know, people need to ring the call light at sometimes. But you know, if if you're ringing it like right as we're about to take off. Um, you better be having a medical emergency. And the same thing when landing, you know, we're about to touch the ground and somebody's ringing their call light. And I'll just have to say, listen, if you're not having a medical emergency, you know, turn your light off and don't ask me for something to drink. Yeah, right, right. Okay, let's settle the armrest debate. Speaking of etiquette, if you're in the middle seat, who gets the armrest? Sometimes the person in the middle could technically get two, but everybody at least gets one. But Just someone don't. gets two. Someone could get two, yeah. So Just there don't. is no technicality of who gets that extra armrest. In my opinion, no. Just wow. Just you know, sometimes if I'm traveling in a middle seat, you know, I'll take one or I'll just readjust myself, but you know, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be a jackass to somebody. I think the middle seat should get both just because they're in the middle seat, right? The window has the entire window. The aisles got easy access to get up and down. I'm thinking middle should at least have both armrests. It's, it's all on, you know, personal preference. Some people prefer to sit by the window. Sometimes people may need to get up, you know, do whatever during the flight. They prefer to be on the aisle. Um, I don't mind where I sit. If I was in between Anna Kendrick and Charlize Theron, I would prefer to be in the middle. Right, right. A very popular question. Sky High Club. Is this legal? Is it real? Do people actually do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. People people try to join the Mile High Club all the time. Oh, it's the Mile High Club. Right, 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 right. You know, I I think it's, it's got like this stigma about it for something, you know, I think people enjoy it because, you know, it is, you know, a little bit naughty. Now, here's the technical thing. You can join the Mile High Club, but if you are in public, like let's say you're in the aisle or in your seat or in the galley or someplace where other people could see you, then, you know, yeah, you could go, you know, you could end up getting arrested. But, you know, if, if you, Sneak off to the bathroom. There's no way. That is so gross. And also, I barely fit in there. I'm 5'4", and I'd say an overall petite person. How could two people fit in there? And it's disgusting. Okay, so cleanliness. Should I, should Since COVID, I did this before COVID, to be honest. I wiped my seat down entirely. I wiped my tray down. I wiped everything down. Since COVID, you know, the airlines all started marketing, like, we clean everything head to toe, sanitize. What's your thoughts on that? Should we still be wiping everything head to toe? Or are you like, it's an overkill? I think it can be overkill. If you want to do it, it certainly doesn't hurt. Um, you know, I know that things are cleaned periodically, but just as like, you know, an extra boost, you know, some people have like Clorox or Lysol wipes. Um, I think it's perfectly fine. And there's, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, I'm shocked how people like will, you know, eat things off of the tray. Okay. Um, you know, That's gross. Get, 
cookies down there. I'm like, uh-uh, no. Even if somebody had just, you know, quote-unquote cleaned it, I, I, I still wouldn't do it. Are I they mean, actually wiping down the entire plane before a new crew gets on there or a new, like, passengers get on there? No. Not, no. not a not time. Um, I've seen them, you know, in the first class or business class, you know, they they go a little bit extra. But for, you know, 100, 200 seats back in coach, they do not physically wipe it down every single time. And they'll clean the crumbs, they'll clean the trash. But, you know, I know that they go through, you know, like deep cleaning yeah, um, no. every, every so often. Yeah, no, that's not going to work for me. Okay, so <laughs> buying flights. I've heard Tuesdays are the best day to buy a flight. Is that true or false? No, it's, it's, it's false. Um, you know, it, it can happen, you know, by statistics, but it also, you know, it, it makes a difference with airline forecasting, how many seats they've sold, how many seats, you know, they expect to sell. Sometimes if they haven't sold a certain amount of seats by a certain date, they'll give them for an ultra cheap price to those third party booking sites, you know, for X amount, just because, you know, they want to sell the seat. But the important thing to keep in mind when you are booking on a third-party site is watch your connection time. You know, I can't tell you how many times somebody says, we're going to miss our flight. We're going to miss our flight. Like, well, we're actually getting an early. Why are you going to miss your flight? You know, oh, where buy your ticket from? And they tell me because sometimes those third-party sites don't give you a good enough connection time. But if you book your ticket directly from the airline, they will always give you sufficient time to make your connection. Is there any other little tips you would give when it comes to buying flights? Like when it comes to days, times, how far in advance, like three months in advance or a year in advance? Like what's, how do you do it? Well, you probably fly for free, but. And how I advise my family and friends is, you know, it, Everything changes all the time. I, you know, I usually would say at least book it, you know, a month or two in advance if possible. You know, sometimes people have, um, you know, last minute things that come up or, you know, they just decide, hey, you know, we're going to be off in a couple weeks. You know, let's go. You know, let's just do something crazy in last minute. That's fine. It all depends on, you know, what your needs are. But if it's Something that's, you know, very, very important, I would say book it, you know, book it at least three weeks to a month in advance and always account for, you know, like a plan B or, you know, something, you know, what would you do in case something went wrong? Cruises are a big popular thing. You know, I can't tell you how many times, you know, people book their cruise on the same day as their flight. It's you know, it could be okay, but it is a risky situation. But for stuff like that, you know, plan plan in advance. Absolutely. Okay. So to wrap this up, let's talk about, I think the number one thing that people are hesitant about flying is turbulence. And we've seen so much coverage lately on, you know, the Hawaiian Airlines flight where 36 passengers were injured. Yeah. How common and serious is turbulence? Turbulence happens all the time. Generally, it's light turbulence. You know, you just get, you know, a little bit of bumps. Sometimes it's moderate where, you know, it's bumping around. Rarely have I been in severe turbulence where it's just shaking all up and down. Um, you know, things get thrown around. I mean, 
Generally, I spend over a hundred hours every single month in the air, um, and maybe severe turbulence a handful of times. That's why it is always vitally important to keep your seatbelt fastened whenever you are seated in case of any unexpected turbulence. Even if the seatbelt sign goes off, have your seatbelt fastened. The pilots up in the cockpit, they always have their seatbelt fastened because sometimes things just come out of nowhere. And I can speak personal experience. I was working a flight to Denver. We hit unexpected severe turbulence. I got thrown up. I hit oh. the stage. I came back down, smacked another passenger, and uh, thankfully I didn't break anything, but was just banged up a little bit. But people get hurt all the time. You know, I understand sometimes people don't like to wear their seatbelt, but do you wear your seatbelt in a car? Absolutely. You don't, uh, you know, you don't count on anything happening, but it's always good to prepare just in case. Right, right. Speaking of safety also, I was reading, because I've seen, again, like on TikTok and Instagram and the news, um, all of these near co like near collisions involving airplanes. What are your thoughts on that? Have you experienced that? And should passengers be worried about that? No, they, they have, um, they have instruments up in the cockpit. Um, you know, I was just up in there this morning and there was a plane that was maybe, I think it was 2000 feet, uh, below us. And there was a point where I could actually see it from the cockpit and it was pretty cool. But the, the, the pilots have, um, an instrument panel that shows all the aircraft and how far they are away. Now, when they're, you know, getting ready to take off or when they're getting ready to land, sometimes, you know, if something unexpected happens, then, you know, you always have to, you know, have extra preparation. But, you know, the pilots are, you know, the pilots are trained. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Okay. Well, is there anything I'm <laughs> missing? Any do's and don'ts we haven't hit? Um, just be kind, you know, to your flight attendants. We say, you know, good morning, you know, good evening. Um, you know, sometimes your flight attendants are working a 12 plus hour day with absolutely no break. Maybe they didn't get enough sleep the night before. Sometimes we're in a city basically just long enough to get maybe five, six hours of sleep, and it can be rough. And sometimes, you know, just an extra smile, an extra kind work. How's it going? You have no idea what a positive impact that can make, you know, on us, you know, for our mental health. Well, that's awesome. And look, like, we really appreciate this. I feel like I'm inspired to make sure my flight etiquette is better, but also just being aware of how to move around other people, what to drink, what not to drink. And I really appreciate it. So thanks so much for joining us to answering some of these questions. Per usual, the information shared on this podcast reflects my views or opinions or those of my guests and is presented as a general information only without guaranteeing its completeness. Nothing in this episode is intended to be or shall be construed as a statement of fact or any legal, medical, or other professional advice. Any reference to a specific product or entity is not an endorsement or recommendation unless expressly stated otherwise. 